reading from Romans chapter 1 verse 18 and through 20. It's the revelation of God. God gives us a revelation, something that we can see, something that's been revealed to us. And uh, God reveals things to Christians on a daily basis, though we may not see a, a revelation like John saw, but we can see a revelation by the Word of God revealing His Word to us. And I am so glad, so glad that God gives us His Word to reveal to us what we need. To encourage us, to strengthen us. Because no matter where you're at in life, no matter whether you're going through a trial, whether you're going through a difficult time, or whether you're having a great time and there's no trial going on, God's Word is still written for us, to us. And uh, so no matter what's going on in our life, we can always look to the Word of God and be our revelation and be something revealed to us. Because there's people today in this crowd that are hurting, that are heartbroken. Now there's people in this crowd that are having a good time. But no matter what walk of life you come from, the Word of God can always be and always should be the revealed truth to us and to help us. And so from verse number 18 all the way to chapter number 3 and verse number 20 is the sin of man. God discusses that. We're going through the book of Romans here in, in, in Sunday morning, but I'm not going to cover that much ground this morning. I'm going to cover three verses on the revelation of God. Because here it is. Because this rev before God can reveal to us about salvation, our need for that, if you want to know about salvation, first of all, you have to know how bad sin is. And you say, why is, that why is that important? Because you don't need salvation unless you know that you're a sinner. Not one person out there running around thinking they're perfect needs salvation. Because they don't need it. Because they're not yet a sinner. That's why it's important when I deal with, my, with, with children. They need to know that they're a sinner. You say, why? Before they can get saved? Because they don't understand the need for salvation until they know that they're a sinner. Because I don't need salvation unless I'm a sinner. And guess what? I'm a sinner, and I needed salvation. The only difference between this sinner and a lost sinner is I found Jesus, and they haven't yet. And that's the only difference. May we keep that in mind as we think about who I am, who we are in Christ. We're sinners in need of Christ. And so, let's, let's, as we look back, in verse number 18, let's all stand if you can. Uh, just out of respect for reading of God's Word. Verse number 18, we'll start reading there. Paul makes a statement here in verse number 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness, but that which which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power in Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Verse 21. Because that, when they knew God, they glorified him not as God. Neither were they thankful, 
but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. God, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for the special music that we had this morning. I thank you for the congregational singing, everything that was taking place to, to get this Sunday morning together. Lord, I pray that it would not be in vain as we came to your house this morning. All is vain unless the Holy Spirit of God come down. We're asking you to come down and fill me, use me this morning in spite of me, in spite of who I am. Lord, may we trust you. May there be someone in this crowd this morning that does not know you as their personal Savior. I pray that they would get that settled. Lord, I pray that if there's a Christian in this room that may be struggling this morning, I pray that they would learn to lean on you. Lord, I pray that this sermon would be an encouragement to them. Lord, I love you. And I thank you for everything you've done. In the strong name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. And thank you. you may be seated. So I've got two points for you this morning. Number one, the two things that are revealed to us are God's revelation to us. Number one, is the wrath of God which is revealed. Understand this, that in this text, and we know that the wrath of God is not, isn't God's punishment of sin. It's God's feeling towards sin. And God has wrath towards sin. He has anger towards sin. It's a godly, righteous anger towards sin. But God's wrath is revealed here in verse number 18. Bible says, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all, all, all ungodliness. May we understand that God's wrath is not just against what we would classify as the big sins. God's wrath is or God's anger towards those things are considered against all sin. We, I think that many times as Christians, we want to classify sin. We want to say, well, that guy has big sin, and so he's a big sinner. And that guy, you know, he, he sins, but he's not as bad. We want to classify lies, and we want to say, it's a big lie, or it's, a little, it's just a little white lie. But simple as this, the wrath of God is angry as the big lie or the little white lie. His wrath is not determined based on what kind of lie it is. His wrath is determined because of the sin that it is. And so know that whatever sin it is, it's still sin, and God's wrath is revealed towards that. All sin. All sin. You say, how do you know that it's been revealed? Well, we see the wrath of God, to be honest with you, many people would say that the wrath of God in the Old Testament is different than the wrath of God in the New Testament. Because we've seen God's wrath come upon God's people, people, not necessarily just God's people, but God's, just people in general, God's wrath. For instance, the flood. God's wrath upon all man. That's terrible. That he would flood the whole earth. After he flooded the earth, he put a rainbow in the sky. May it not be distorted for whatever reason it may be, but the rainbow represents one thing, and that rainbow represents the promise of God. And it is not distorted. And it doesn't mean anything other than the wrath of God saying, I will never flood this earth again. The wrath of God revealed. We see multiple times, we see that, that God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. We see that God came down with his wrath and destroyed that. He, he gave the flood. Wrath of God was revealed in the Old Testament. 
And then we see in the New Testament, God, his wrath is still there. But then came something that took place. And that na his name was Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ came and said, look, I'm going to stand, I'm, I'm going to go between you two, God and sinner, and I'm going to pay his sin so that when God sees you, he don't see you, he sees me. And the blood of Jesus Christ was applied so that he died and was buried and resurrected from the grave so that when God looks at me, he doesn't see Trenton's sin. He doesn't see all the bad things he's done and all the things that he's done against God and against people. He sees the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ applied to my life. And the wrath of God is still there, but there's Jesus Christ standing in between. Because the Bible says, And the Lord thy God, and I change not. So his wrath that was as true as it was in the Old Testament hasn't changed one bit to what it is today. Revelation describes to us the wrath of God released. It's terrible. But he's given us time. He's given us a chance to reach more people. He's given us a chance to warn people. If you remember correctly, going back to the story of Noah, he had time to warn people. God said, Noah, I want you to build an ark. And whoever's on that ark is going to be saved. Whoever's not on that ark is going to die. God has given us the same ultimatum. Whoever's in the boat gets to go. But whoever's not in the boat don't get to go. Because there's one door. There's one way to heaven. There was one door to get on the boat. Hey, there's one way to get to heaven, and that's Jesus Christ. You're not going to get to heaven because of the baptismal waters. You're not going to get to heaven because you're, you're a member of Mid-County Baptist Church. You're not going to get to heaven because you're a member of such and such church down the road. You're going to get to heaven because of the blood of Jesus Christ that has been applied to your life. So the wrath of God does not exist on you and for you. The wrath of God is coming. May we, as Christians, warn those that the wrath of God is coming. Because the wrath is coming. The wrath revealed in Revelation. The wrath revealed in hell. The wrath of God. Not one person in this room, whether you know them or don't know them, you don't want them to go to hell. Because that is the wrath of God released. I don't want my worst enemy. Where there's, Bible says there's wailing and gnashing of teeth. And Bible describes hell as a never-ending and on and on and on. Terrible things of hell. But that's the wrath of God. And the only thing standing between me and hell is the Lord Jesus Christ who saved me, who washed me clean. And so I don't have to experience the wrath of God. And when the, when the tribulation time comes, hey, I believe that you're going to get raptured out of here before the tribulation period. If you want to stick around during the tribulation period, you go ahead. But I'm getting out of here. I, I believe in pre-trib, not mid-trib. I'm not sticking around for none of that going on. I ain't sticking around. I'm getting out of here. That's the wrath of God. wrath of God revealed against all unrighteousness and ungodliness. 
So what is unrighteousness? What is unrighteousness? <coughs> unrighteousness is against God, is against man. Ungodliness is that which is against God. In this verse, in verse number 18, he says against all ungodliness and unrighteousness. Ungodliness is that which is against God. It denies the character of God. Unrighteousness, ungodliness, ungodliness is against God. Unrighteousness is against man. Now know this to be true, is that when we commit sin against other people, that's still wrong. Huh? When I gossip about you, or you gossip about me, guess what? That's wrong. Uh-huh. And when I backbite against you and you backbite against me, and we, which we ought not to do, right? It's sin. It's against mankind. But ungodliness is against God. And the wrath of God is revealed to all ungodliness. There was a story in the Old Testament, Acts, I mean, in Joshua chapter number 6, Joshua chapter number 7. The Bible describes what takes place. There is a a battle that took place. And the Bible says, as you go into the city of Jericho, don't take anything. The Bible says, touch not of the accursed thing. Don't touch anything. Okay? So God says, this is, this. don't touch anything that is from that city. Don't touch anything. And so the Bible gives us a description. There was a young man who decided that when he went through the city, he was going to take some things for himself. He decided that he was going to take things against what God said. God said, don't touch it. He said, I'm going to touch it. So he went through and he took some, he took some money and he took a, a garment and he put it upon, uh, up among his own, own stuff. The Bible says that he put it among his own stuff. He hid it in his tent. Thinking, man, I've got away with this. Ain't nobody coming for me. Man, we're good. I'm, I'm going to be rich on the other side of things. And then they went to the next battle of Ai. And they got to the other side to Ai and they lost. A bunch of men. Men died. A bunch of men died at war. Joshua, the leader, comes back home and he says, God, what is going on? You promised. You promised that if we would just go, you'd give us the victory. What's going on? And God said, there's sin in the camp. Somebody's sinning when they ought not to be. God says, well, let's, let's handle it. Goes to find out, that's Achan. Achan. Achan decided to take something he, that did not belong to him. Achan decided to touch something that God told him not to touch. So they took Achan. They took him out to the valley. And they took his family. And they took his oxen. And they took his camels. And they took everything that he owned and set it out there on the valley. And everybody in the Israelite camp came out to the valley, and they, and God said, kill him. So they picked up stones, and they killed him. The wrath of God upon that family, because one man sinned against God. 
Bible says, be sure your sin will find you out. Don't think for just a moment. I'll hide it in the tent. Ain't nobody going to find out about it. Ain't nobody going to know about my bitterness. Ain't nobody going to know about my unforgiveness. Ain't nobody going to know about what's going on in here. Be sure your sin will find you out. Bible says uh, in Galatians chapter 6 and verse 7, he says, be not deceived. God is not mocked for whatsoever a man sow, that shall he also reap. So don't think for just a moment, I'll get away with my sin. No, your sin will find you out. Achan thought, man, I can get away with this. And then God's wrath was revealed. I don't want God's wrath revealed to my life. And one way I can prevent that is making sure that I keep sin out of I'm going to tell you the best way to do that. Best way. 1 John 1 9. If you confess your sins, He is faithful. And He's just to forgive you your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Here's the deal God is always just. And God is always right. And God will always. When you do somebody wrong, they may not always forgive you. But when I do something wrong, God will always forgive me. If I ask. Make sure. Do away with all your hidden sins. Hidden things. Because it will be revealed. Verse number 18, the Bible says the wrath of God is revealed against all ungodliness, all unrighteousness. In verse 19, because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath showed it unto them. God will show his wrath when it needs to be shown. And just like in the Old Testament, he showed his wrath. Just like he did in the New Testament, he showed his wrath. Just like he will today, he will show his wrath. There are things that take place in this world that we may not ever understand why. But there are things that take place in this world because of the wrath of God upon mankind. The wrath of God revealed. Number two is God revealed. Mm -hmm. Verse number 20. The Bible says, for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by all things that, by the things that are made, even, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. For stop for just a moment. For all things, everyone can see that there's a God. Every person in this world can see that there is a God. I've ran into people that are atheists. I've ran into people that don't believe that there is God. But I'm here to tell you, they know that there is a God. You say, how? Because the Bible tells me so. And that verse, that verse, the Bible says that every person, not one person, it says every person, 
they that which are without excuse. What does that mean? That means that everything that took place, the creation of God took place. Not one person in this world is without an excuse knowing that there's no, there's no God. You cannot look at creation and tell me that there's not a super being that would create this world like he did, not on an accident, but on purpose, uh, specifically the way that he made it. It did not happen on accident. God specifically made the earth the way it is. If we were three inches closer to the sun, it would be too hot. And if we were three inches away from the sun, it would be too cold. I mean, how does that happen? How do your eyes blink the amount of times that it needs to? How does your heart pump the amount of times that it needs to? What tells your lungs to, to breathe in and breathe out and breathe in and breathe out and breathe in and breathe out? What? took place that a God in heaven would do us and make us the way that we are today. On accident? No. No. Not by accident does that happen. Not by accident does that happen. Does God create the Smoky Mountains the way that he does? And God created the Grand Canyon the way he did? And God would put the earth and surround it with water the way that he did? Why did he do that? To sustain life like he had. Not one other person could ever do that. I heard, I heard about a man got an argument with an atheist. And the atheist said, well, I can create this. I can make this. And so the argument goes back and forth. He says, well, okay, go ahead. So the atheist says, okay, I got this here and I got this here. Guy looks at him and he says, hey, man, stop. Get your own dirt. Because God created the very dirt of the earth. God revealed to us that there is no excuse for one person to deny that there is a God. Because his world proves to us that it is. How does it work? How does it take place like that? How? Because of God. <coughs> There is no excuse. No excuse. We see, for, we see a couple things here. He says that the, the universe tells tell us a couple things in verse number 20. He says of his eternal person. His eternal person. Who is that? That's the Godhead in, in verse number 20. And 1 John 5, 7 tells us of that. John 10, 30 tells us that Jesus said, he said, I and my Father are one. We're together. We're the same. I, God, the Godhead, of, the Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. Uh, and then also it reveals to us his power. In verse number 20, his eternal power. Uh, creation gave us his eternal power. Think about what it took to create those things. And all he did was speak it into existence. The power of God. The power of God. Turn with me to Psalms chapter 8, if you will, if you can. If you don't want to, you don't have to. But Psalms chapter number 8 and verse number 3, the Bible says, When I consider thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained. How did God put those stars in that specific spot? With his fingers! He did that on purpose. That's the way he ordained it. In Psalms chapter 19 and verse number 1, the Bible says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. You can look at the sky every single night and look at the beautiful stars and look at the beautiful moon. How did it get there? Because of God's handiwork. Acts 14 and verse number 7 
Acts 14 and verse number 7, the Bible says, and I wrote it down wrong, 17, 14, 17 says, Nevertheless, he left not himself without witness in that he did good and gave us rain from heavens and fruitful seasons fulfilling our hearts with food and gladness. There's a reason why there's four seasons. Maybe not down here in Southeast Texas, but there are four seasons everywhere else, right? There's, there's two seasons here. Summer and summer, right? Two weeks. Oh, okay, two weeks we get a little snow, right? But God gave seasons. And God gave those things for a purpose, for a reason. God did not make a mistake. God's work manifested Revealing to us that He is God. How do things work? God's handiwork. The stars, the moon. I've seen some of the most beautiful sceneries in the world. I've never been to the Grand Canyon. But I want to, to be able to look across the beautiful scenery that God has painted. I've seen other things that God has worked. There's no man, there's no boom that happens that just makes that take place. But God, in His handiwork and His fingers, He drew and painted the picture of grace for me, the picture of things for me. But I want to give you one last thought, and I'm done. Just as a conclusion, we understand the wrath of God revealed. We understand that God has been revealed. But look in verse number 20. The Bible says we've seen all that. We've seen that. Clearly seen. The last statement of chapter, verse number 20. So that they are without excuse. Do you know what that means? That means every single person in this world without Jesus Christ will go to hell. Because not one person is without excuse. I have heard people say, well, if they've never heard the gospel, then they'll get to go to heaven. But I'm sad to tell you this. Whether they've heard the gospel or they haven't heard the gospel, that's their choice. To go to heaven or not. It makes our job so much more important because not one person is without excuse. There are people that live in your city, your neighbors on your street that do not believe in Jesus Christ. They go to church, but they don't know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. And I'm here to tell you, there's no excuse. You say, well, why would, why would God do that? Because here it is. When God created man, God created man to know that there was a God. Amen. And so the first man that was ever created, he believed in God. And it was his job to pass that on to his children that there is a God. And somewhere down the line, men stopped believing that there was a God. 
and started teaching their children that God was not real and that God did not exist. God says it's your job, not mine. Because I've revealed to every single person that I'm real. Your job to tell. Christian, who have or have you not told about God's grace? Can I be honest with you? There's people in my life that I've not told. But you know what? They have no excuse. But you know what? I have no excuse. Because they need to know the truth of God. That God is real and God is the answer. We see number one, the wrath of God revealed. I don't want the wrath of God in my life. And we also see the wrath of God, God being revealed to us in his creation. But then a challenge. Will you let your friends go to hell because you don't want to tell them? Would you? Because if you don't tell them, then who will? If I don't tell my family, then who will? How many of you guys can honestly tell me that you've had people knock on your door and tell the gospel truth at your house. Then who? Then who's going to tell them? Who's going to tell them? 